Welcome back to Rude Dude. Biscuit with my partner Rusty Pelican. Well, Sea Biscuit, I, Rusty, I mean, I how I, are you, pal? <laughs> I'm actually, uh, I'm doing good, dude. We had to scramble, so uh, I had to run out of the Hobbit shed and frantically run um, through the misty rain to uh, relocate myself into. Laptop in hand, mic Ooh. interface into Laptop my room, so the lighting's hand, a little microphone. Yeah, dude. So everything, uh, my Dragon my lighting's a little off today. You. So if you're watching the video, that's the reason why I I, I had to scramble. But I'm doing good, dude. Um, how are you doing in Sea Biscuit? They giving you carrots and shit. You doing all right? I'm ready to race, dude. I'm ready to go. So this is just like a little a little peek into my ADHD brain. I'm getting out of the shower and I go. How am I gonna how am I gonna introduce myself tonight? And my brain goes, see biscuit! <laughs> like, I swear to God, dude. I was like, and I just started laughing. I was like, where the fuck does that come from? And then uh and then I looked up funny horse names. Dude. I know you'd rather be May the Horse Be With You, but I liked Rusty Pelican mm. and another uh front runner was I lost it. But yeah, so Sea Biscuit felt right, so mm-hmm. I went with it and um um damn, I was going to try and look up your other one cuz it was funny. Yeah, I'm doing well. Rusty Pelican, oh, Rusty Pelican solid, Pelican, dude. <laughs> uh, I listened to an old episode. I don't know if I mentioned this last time. I think I probably did. Where I just said, hi, I'm Henry. I'm here with my partner, Cameron. And it was so boring. And I was like, it's lame. So I like to judge it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm doing well, man. Um, we it's go, cold dude. out here. Had a pretty easy day at work. Got to the gym. Got a little snack in me. Excited for tonight's episode. And uh, feeling good. Well, good, dude. Good, man. Yeah, I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing good too, man. Today's today was a little hectic. Um, we got rain out here, so um, that's been exciting. But it's been a uh, it's been a decent day, man. Excited for this episode. Going to be a fun one. Um, we have a guest today, but we'll introduce him here in a minute. Um, so I'm overall I'm hyped, man. Aside from like the internet snafu, I, I got to figure this out. I pay I pay a half of my salary on on Comcast internet, and I can't be having co- internet issues. Oh, wow. Dude, this that, is ridiculous. As you said that, your face froze. So that was perfect. But you're still going. We're good. It's fantastic. Uh, we got a couple yeah, quick business things to get to. Uh, number one, first and foremost, we've got to shout out our boy Scotty Shaw. Um, they're the best of Fair Oaks. Awards are coming up, and he would 
appreciate it if mm-hmm. everyone would go vote for him. Uh, he's a great friend of the show. He supports us. Uh, he bought ad space from us. He's also done jobs for my family, my aunt, and I believe your mom. And they said he did a bang up job. Very pleased with the work. Very professional. So go vote for uh, Best of Fair Oaks. We'll put the link in the show description. Yeah, if you listen to this podcast and you support us, then you need to support Scott Shaw. Um, he's a great guy, stand-up guy, um, like Henry just said, and and it, it means a lot to him. Um, he kind of delved into why why it's so important for him, and I'm not going to share that on this podcast, but it's a big deal for him, and 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 um, I think I think we should all go out and uh, support him just like you support us. So yeah, that go vote for Sketch Out. We'll put the link in the comments. And another quick order of business I wanted to get to. Uh, I was listening back to the last episode, and I think this was fairly clear. My partner Cameron said it's clear, but I would just like to reiterate that it is never the goal of this podcast or this podcaster to use this little platform I have to put someone down or drag someone or um, talk crap, whatever you want to call it. So I I hope it didn't come across that way the last episode. Um, what I was doing on here was for my purposes and for the purposes of the listener um, and the purposes of our topic and being aware of things. And it was in no way, shape or form like F this person or I'm going to put this person down. So I just wanted to reiterate that. And I I hope that was clear because again, never would I ever come up on here and be like, so-and-so is a, is a piece of trash. Like that's not the goal or the purpose of this show. And uh, we did forget to edit the name out when I accidentally said it. So some of you might've heard that the name is now edited out. Um, It was always our, our intention to edit it out. So Anyway, long story short, you guys get the picture. Uh, that is never the goal, so I hope it didn't come across like that. You know what, man that that's a good that's a good um you know example. I I don't think it came across that way. Um, I think the point was it was just a good example of the point, which was you know what the topic was about. Um, when you when you go into telling a story, you know it's kind of hard not to um, make it sound that way. Um, but I don't, but I don't think it came across that way. I didn't see it as, you, you know, dragging anybody through the dirt, but, but I appreciate you, um, you know, bringing it to light, like in case somebody interpreted that. Cause that's how we end up hurting people's feelings. You know what I mean? Um, and I dropped the ball on the editing thing. So if you did hear the name, that was me. I, I even took the, um, the initiative to write down the timestamp. And then when I send it <laughs> off to Michael or Michael, up, or Michael uploads it, um, um, lo and behold that, that stayed in the shed, Dude. in the Hobbit shed and didn't get, didn't get relayed. So that was, I watched that was you write it the down. And I was like, <laughs> Look at my partner, man. He's all over it. <laughs> Attack of the wet brain. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it got me. And then all of a sudden, dude, I listened to it back and then I heard it. I was like, oh, shit. Um, but but yeah, no, dude, it was it was a good episode, man. I think there was a lot of really good stuff in there. So um, with that being said, unless we have nothing else going on, um, yes, should we, we should. introduce our guests, bro? All right. Well, we're going to bring him on. Um, this is a good friend of ours, uh, one of our number one supporters. And I'm gonna I'm gonna add him on there right now, and here he is. 
um, a man that needs a small introduction. Um, one of our number one, <laughs> I'm just playing with you, bud. Um, a big introduction, man. Um, one of our big time supporters, um, a guy that we go back with in high school. Um, I skateboarder with him. Um, just a really good stand up guy. Um, and we've been talking about getting him on here for a while. And that is our, uh, our good friend Forrest. So Forrest, how are you doing today, bro? Welcome to back. Welcome to Root. Doing good, man. I have been uh, been going crazy in my brain thinking about this day since you told me like two months ago that you want to have me on. Like, what am I going to say? And I've had this conversation in my head for two months straight. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Dude, it be like that. You and Kristen have that in common. Oh, okay. She was telling me she was like practicing out loud in her car and all the stuff. Yeah, it's so pointless too because it's like it's not. It's going to go differently every time. Yeah, focus on you're something just else. Lose all of it. If you're anything like us, you're, it's just all gone. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. But no, I've been doing good. I mean, I got like a a two hour or not two hour, two mile walk in today before it rains. So Ooh. got some sunshine. It's getting cold here in Idaho. So those uh those sunshiny days are rare and they're wanted. Well, dude, you're you're in for a treat, dude, because one of the one of the greatest parts of the Rude Dude podcast is is we absolutely don't prep you for anything we're gonna ask you. So you're you're just you're at the mercy of whatever we throw at you. I have full faith that you're gonna be able to pull it off, dude. So don't don't sweat it, man. Yeah. We don't even know what we're gonna say. Yeah, dude. This yeah, is a, yeah. It's a full freestyle, man. Oh, I gotta start it off correctly for though. Um so okay. I don't drink often, but when I do I choose V8 energy drink. A true fan of the show. Oh uh, yeah. Dude. You guys got me hooked. I was like, is this motherfucker about to pull out a Takate right now? <laughs> You're like, you know what this podcast is about, right? <laughs> no, don't do it. And that was our interview with Forrest. Click. Yeah. <laughs> what? Has a handle of vodka. Oh, God. <laughs> no, not that guy. Oh, dude, that's great, that's man. Fantastic. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. come right in and do what I normally do at a moment like this. Uh, V8 Energy Drinks, sponsor us, please. Um, send us a hat, some gear. <laughs> we love you. Dude, a simple yeah. lifetime supply. That's all we ask. Um, dude, that's fantastic, man. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, dude, no, no, no pressure at all, man. So let's uh let's jump right in, dude. Um, give us a little little background. Tell us a little bit about yourself so that the people can kind of know a little bit about you, and then we'll we'll jump into some questions. Um, I'd say if you know, people that know me would describe me probably as uh a hobbyist. I have a lot of hobbies, a lot of activities, like always very active. Um, I see that. Yeah. That's like my look of faces. My main, my main focus, I guess, is staying active and healthy and uh, trying to figure out how to do that into getting older and like mm. optimizing that and passing that on to my family. And also um, trying to motivate more people to find adventure um, cause it's everywhere if you look in the right spots. So, um, yeah, that's like, that's my main thing. Um, job wise, I work at a packaging company out here that was actually my wife's, um, fathers mm. and they hooked me up with an awesome job. So that brought us out here and, um, and now I'm a Boise boy. Mm, Boise boy. 
I have to jump in here because um, according to the book of faces, you are still skateboarding. Yeah. How at the ripe young age of 36 are yeah. you riding? I mean, I lift, I'm active, but I'm like, dude, if I fell once on a skateboard, like I, I, I I'm cool, dude. I'm it, done. I'm done. It doesn't, feel, it doesn't feel good to fall <laughs> for sure. I mean, when I, uh, when I moved to San Diego, I gave up skateboarding for three years to surf. And I was like, this is rad. I can push myself as hard as I want and fall in the water. And mm-hmm. you know, if like you hit somebody or you hit your board, you get hurt, but it's nothing like the concrete, the concrete sucks. So, um, I'm very cautious. <laughs> I like, I imagine you're not out there like jumping 12 stairs or no, no, I'm very like stick to the flat bars and the ledges and, and the stuff that I had in front of my house. Like you remember Cameron, all the, the flat bars and ledges, it's the same shit. Like, you still got that stuff yeah. from your house? No, I don't. But our, you know, the Boise, they have, they held the X Games like a mile and a half from my house. So they built an amazing skate park super nice. close. Nice. And then they've, since I've been here, they've built five more skate parks and they're all in a half hour. So it's just like amazing. You know, I have, I have been over. super jealous of your luxurious skate park uh, videos that I see yeah. on Facebook. They look rad. Dude, if we could grow up with that, oh my god! Yeah. Like kids here, right. skate park wise, it's it's insane. Dude, I gotta yeah. say, I gotta say, I can still, I can still kickflip. Um, I can still shove yeah. it. I still got some things, but but dude, my uh, my like center of gravity, my balance is not what it once was. Um, so, so if I'm trying to do anything kind of frisky, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm about one, one little tiny little shift away from absolutely eating it. And I I guess that just comes with age, right? Like I, I, yeah, it's crazy. It's like, it's hard to counteract, um, how much sitting we have to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, Henry, I think that you're more active at your job, but I don't sit. Yeah, <laughs> I sit a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's like that does not that does not help out with skateboarding. Um, I know it's so, it's interesting how bad just sitting in a chair is for you. It really is. Yeah, and that was coming out of COVID. I like dove way too deep into video games and sitting. That was like mm-hmm. you know I was Mister Sit and wait COVID out, and then I got up to start skating again, and I was like. My legs are broken. I was Bambi. And- My legs. <laughs> yeah, was crazy. I tried to go snowboarding, and I like I couldn't get. I couldn't stand up. It was pretty embarrassing. So that was a pretty big realization. I'm like, oh shit, you got to work on this stuff like a lot. I got to get moving. As you fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get to Boise from California? Um. So I'm like, how far do I go back? You know. Um. I was doing video production for a long time. And that brought me to San Diego and we loved it there. But um, trying to think about uh, having a family and affording it and also video production was very like you work a lot of hours. Um, you could be in a con- another country for a full month. It just wasn't lining up with like the vision that I have for my life. Um, so I went back, I moved back to Sacramento to do nursing school. And then once I got my prereqs done, we were deciding, like, where are we going to go for the actual nursing school? And her father approached me with a job opportunity. And he was like, well, I understand if you want to do nursing school, but 
you can get paid to learn this and you can, you're going to end up probably making more than you would as a nurse or, you know, follow what you want to do. And I, and we found out we were having a kid like two weeks after that conversation. And so it was kind of like, everything's telling me that like my life is leading me to Boise. And then when we got to come here and do more than just visit family, but kind of come here for fun, I realized like, that's it fit my lifestyle perfect Ventureland. yeah seriously it's a, it's in your backyard i mean like i look at the foothills i can ride my my mountain bike to the the trailhead in two minutes and it's just wild it's it's a different lifestyle for sure nice dude a lot slower too like a lot slower pace when i first moved here i was pretty amazed at, at like how less stressful it felt just doing day-to-day things dude, i feel that being a west virginia boy now I want yeah. 100% feel that. It's crazy, huh? How's your stress ball out there, Cree? Yeah, well, dude, I, <laughs> I, I have to interject, dude. I'm I'm over here like I'm like secretly crying inside, dude. Like the, I, yeah. I see two I see two guys with these glorious <laughs> smiles, be like, oh, dude, everybody's fantastic. I got all these fun activities. I'm out here having to jump over heroin needles and fucking every pothole every five seconds. It's a nightmare. Oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> you're supposed to be here. You said you were going to be here by now. Well, you know what, man? That was going to be a part <laughs> of this episode. Um, was going to be me oh, asking okay. you Idaho questions. Um, I am going to be out there. I am. Um, Good. The goal is 2025. Um, so, and I mean the beginning of 2025. Um, so I'm going to get through this year, awesome. uh, wait for the Fed to cut some rates, which is proposed that they're going to do that six times next year if everything goes well. Um, which, wow, which will be prime yeah. for me to make the move. I just couldn't, I couldn't stomach um, buying a house at, at these rates right now. It just wouldn't work. Um, yeah. but I will be up there, man. Um, whether, whether half my family comes or they don't, um, I got to get out of here, man. It's just not, it's, it, it's too expensive, bro. It's too expensive. Long story short. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would like, of, Oh, go ahead Forrest. I'm sorry. Uh, I like, I kind of forgot about how, how eye opening it was the affordability of being here when I first moved. Cause now I'm, I'm used to it. I'm acclimated, but like, when I first moved here, I think gas was 179. I have photos in my phone. And, like, and then it was like, automatically all of my bills got cut in half, like, you know, insurance, cell phone bill, whatever, everything. Um, it was wild. Um, I don't know. Like we, we bought our house two years ago, and I don't think that it ended up being much cheaper than California, but I don't really know. Maybe it did. Um, you have to go on the video, watch the video to see the sad in camera right now. He just dipped his head thinking about his $17 a gallon gas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we did say wages are less like average wages are less in, I know in West Virginia for sure. And probably there, but you know, still. Yeah. Well, I do. Yeah. I do know this much. Um, the one of the one of the deciding factors, and then we can kind of get off this, um, is I get to bring my California job and my California money along with. Since I yeah, that's my wife. So, so my wife got that as well. Her San Diego, California Ooh, job. Damn. damn, yeah. Look at no, no wonder you got that fancy. No wonder you got that boys. You got that fancy room back there. Look at Forrest. Those are real diamonds behind there. You got to watch on the YouTube. Forrest that's got that diamond room. chain behind that's it. Room. I already told you guys I was in a trash can. She's got she's got the diamond room. <laughs> yeah, you know that's a, a woman's touch. Uh, yeah. Before we get in the meat and potato and and move on, there's one thing I'd like to touch on that I think is really badass that you already said, 
which is that you you moved to San Diego, so that's one change, and mm-hmm. and then you could just tell that it wasn't the your job and where you were living. It wasn't the direction that you wanted your life to go, and what you the picture that you had, and you thought about raising a family, and you made the decision to move to Boise. I just think all of that in itself is a beautiful thing because a lot of people don't have the courage to do that um, and make a decision, make a hard choice. I'm sure it wasn't easy. I'm sure there's a lot of different stuff involved, but you, you know, like it reminds me of all the stuff we talk about, about like being true to yourself and knowing, you know, what, what you need, like almost boundaries of like, this is what I want my life to look like and what I want it to be. And this isn't it. So I need to move my space and change it up. So I I think that's really cool, man. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was a a big deal. And it, and there was like that, that part of me that always said, you know, what would, what would teenage forest want out of my life at this age and it was always video production being extreme sports doing all this stuff and after doing that for so long and not being fulfilled i looked and i was like i don't care about what teenage forest would think like what do i what do i want I to grow forest. yeah what do i want to grow into and uh and so getting that that eye on the prize and just realizing like you know whatever you wherever you water it's going to grow whatever that saying is you know you go for right. whatever but grass is greener where you water it. That's the thing. Yeah. So as long as I'm pointed in a direction and I'm going there a hundred percent, I feel like it's going to, it's going to work out. Dude. I think, I think you said something really beautiful there, man. And, and it's about um, that kind of organic growth, right? Um, what did, what did teenage forest have envisioned? Well, well, you know, teenage forest wanted to do this and, and in, in essence you were kind of achieving that, right? You know, like yeah. you, were, you were doing video production. You're in you're in the greatest place on the planet, San Diego, California. Don't come at me because it is the greatest place on the planet. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, you're living the dream. But then you sit here and you see and you go, hey, well, my my vision of what I want for my life is changing. And how am I going to be able to attain that and, and, and have the best life that I have? And it's kind of regurgitating what Henry said, but, but you made the hard decision. Right. And 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 that's kind of what I'm my wife struggling with, because I'm. I'm not yielding on, on leaving California. Right. Like, like it, it, it's happening. Like, like we're going, no matter how hard it's going to be, no matter how scary it is. Um, and I'm doing it for the same reasons. Right. Like it's, it's, Hey, I, I I'm, I'm okay out here. Right. Like, like we're okay. Like we, we make good money. We're, we're fine. Right. But, but I could be better in, in, in yeah. Idaho. Right. <laughs> and I could live a life that yeah. I want to get. So I have to do this. Right. And I, I have yeah. I, for morals and other things that I'm not going to get into. I got to get out of California. Um, yeah. But but I think that's beautiful, man. I think that's fantastic. And uh, so, dude, were you always this way? Were you always just constantly shredding the gnar, dude? Were you always like just gung ho, <laughs> gung ho, getting after it, dude? Because as long as I've known you, that's that's how that's how I met you, right? Like we met through yeah. we met through skateboarding. Yeah. Um, I think that I did always have a, uh, like a lust for life, if you want to call it that way, but like a, a not wanting to waste a moment, um, trying to find like the, the fun and stuff, um, not being sedentary, but I also, it was crazy cause I, I grew up in our church essentially. Like my parents were in the youth 
uh, or not in the youth, but the, the worship band. And so we were like the first ones there, last to leave there multiple times a week. Um, and we always did like very good outings and it was always based upon um, activity and keeping kids active, you know, keeping them away from drugs and alcohol and like showing them all these other outlets. So I think that was a pretty good foundation for um, looking for that. Life, Why didn't so. you like hook us, hook me and Cameron up earlier, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know Cameron came a couple times yeah, yeah. and your brother came to like the camp and everything. But, yeah. um, I mean, you know, we'll get into it too. There's, there's definitely sides of that whole thing that are, I don't agree with and we're super confusing. And, um, you know, I, I love what I got out of it, but I look back at it and I'm kind of like, damn, that was kind of fucked up. <laughs> What they well, were, I am super were. intrigued, so let's just jump into that. All right. Well, I know, so you guys brought me on here um, to talk about, like, my dad's death, and and I know that happened when we were all in high school together. Um, and I think, that, like, that's where a lot of the confusion for me started mm-hmm. um, was, so he, he was in the worship band, and... So was my mom and their whole, you know, kind of like upbringing for us was we're a Christian family. You know, we, we read the Bible. We want to get into heaven. Like the point of this is to be a really good human, to spread the faith and ultimately get in heaven. You don't want to go to hell. Right. So, you know, um, the fear of God and everything. And then my dad died on a, uh, a, it was like a youth trip. Of, um, what's it called? A choir trip. And he died in a car accident. And I know I was sad for my mom, but I would, a lot of me was like, well, he went to heaven. And like, that, that's kind of the whole point of this, right? Shouldn't, it shouldn't be a little bit be celebrating. Like, I didn't really understand the tragedy of it at that point. I was more so just like, well, for 16 years, you've been telling me we should be going to heaven. And it sounds like he got taken to heaven. And that was like his purpose as well so it's super confusing yeah really did you did you did you come up with that more or or were you being told that as well by members of the church i was being told that up to that point of like yeah right you know it was it was since kindergarten it's like you want to be a good person to get into heaven you know um earth is like you're testing place where you're getting tested and you have to prove that you're going to go to heaven and um you know god's going to forgive you and it just always ended with we want to get into heaven and life on earth is so minimal compared to the eternity in heaven and so i'm like okay well his his time got cut a little short but his eternity in heaven started like fucking awesome rad i can't wait to be there with him because this this life's going to be short, right? I guess what, yeah. <laughs> that's what you've been telling me for 16 years. And uh, that started me questioning a lot of things, I think. like. So, dude, I, uh, I, I did, I did uh, you know, see your dad because um, that was at Fair Oaks Press. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Um, my mom was like a convert because I, I said I was raised Catholic and then my mom was like a convert to the Fair Oaks Presbyterian Church and, and we'd go there and I'd see your dad. By the way, Forrest's dad ripped a guitar like a like fucking Jimi Hendrix, bro. He shredded balls, dude. He was so good at the guitar, dude. He was. He was a lead guitar player. I was talking with Ash before we started this. I, I can still envision him up there on that stage, dude. I mean, he just he just ripped. Yeah, um, doing windows with our bandanas. Yeah, yeah, dude, he dude, just dude, shredded. Yeah. Dude, dude. A good presence for sure. Oh yeah, he was real good, dude. Um, but I think uh, you know when that when that all happened, man, that was that was crazy. I mean, they did that that early service um, up there in the upper parking lot. I remember that. Um, and it was kind of like the same thing I told Michael. If you listen to Michael's episode, like mm-hmm. you know. I didn't know what to say to you either. Right. And I think it's an interesting, I think it's an interesting take because that is kind of like the, the Christian foundation. Right. And I, it's weird because now we're turning it kind of religious, but yeah, that isn't that the end goal, right? Like that's the goal. Right. So you can see how out of that tragedy um, you could maybe sort of, you know, find it. Okay. Kind of like what you're saying. If that's, if that's what I'm getting, um, that, yeah. Hey, well, Hey, my dad died, but, but the end goal of life up until this point from, from what everybody's been telling me is he's going to go to heaven. So did that in turn, um, you know, kind of maybe mute your processing of what actually happened? Yeah, okay. definitely. And I'm, you know, I had no idea. Um, I saw a lot of people around me being sad and like wanting me to process it. Uh, and I think I tried for a few weeks but then just ended up like sitting home playing video games and being like, I should probably go back to school. I don't know. Feeling kind of selfish. Like I'm, I'm waiting for my dad to come home. Like that, that didn't go away for a while. And that was sad, but it wasn't this, like, like I didn't know how it affected my life. Really. I, I understood that my mom lost her partner. That was probably the saddest part to me. Um, but this like, I've been, I've been following my faith pretty like blindly to the point where it was just like, well, God's going to take care of us. I mean, he's been taking care of us this whole time. So if I just have faith that he'll take care of us, we'll be fine. And, um, that also kind of muted my, my ability to see like how much it really did affect my family. Like the stuff my mom had to go through, um, she was really strong, didn't really show a lot of her pain to my sister and I, and, um, and I just went into this mode of, well, like something that I never thought that could happen to me happened to me. And somebody, the closest, one of the closest people to me got taken like that. Um, I could die at any moment. I need to make the most of every minute. And I just went forward with that. And I kind of didn't look back and, and reflect much. Um, probably until my mid twenties and I'm still getting better at it. Like, I don't think I actually got good at reflecting and slowing down until I had children, um, which was three years ago. So a long time of just like pushing forward, looking, looking forward and not really, uh, so did that freeze on you guys? No, there was a little yellow flash, but okay. it looks like you're good. This is very interesting to me. Um, for one, as the the person in this chat group that was not raised religiously, mm-hmm. so <clears throat> I this is 
like a very interesting take to me and i i'm i'm like i'm i'm trying to like wrap my head around it and it's uh i'm, I'm it's it's not it's I'm it's not like I'm I'm like oh that's wrong but it's like that would never like never would occur to me that that's could be someone's reaction you yeah know? but but it makes sense if I if I told you you know you were told your whole life hey you know the goal is is to get to heaven and then you're like oh well dad went to heaven so like he won the game yeah. um we're good. That's just very interesting. And the other part I thought was is kind of interesting is a lot of people have some people have these bad things happen that are very religious, and it turns into why would God do this to me? And they they find like a hatred or whatever, or or they're upset with God or whatever because if there was a God, then why would He do this to me? And that was was that was never your experience with that or your your feeling? No. Um... That again is like the blind faith kind of thing, just not not questioning things much, and um, and being told over and over and over, like you know, God's going to do things in life that you're not going to understand. Um, I mean, I definitely fell away from practicing faith. I would still call myself a Christian, but like I haven't gone to church in years. Um, this is probably the most I've talked about God in a long time. But <laughs> me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it. I forgot the question now. I just start rambling. But well, you never. Basically, you answered it. You never felt like a disdain towards God for doing this to you. Yeah. No. And I think it was because we were taken care of like really well um, from my side of things. Uh, I just kind of accepted like, well, people live without dads. That's just my life now. All right. We'll see how that goes. Um, and I don't think like the processing of it really started to happen until 1920 when like things would just hit me and it's like, Oh, like I wish I had a dad right now, you know? Yeah. Like, okay. If I, this is a silly one, but like talking to my, you know, I'm in a house of women now. Um, talking to my mom and my sister about like girl trouble, girl troubles and girl problems and realizing that like, they're not really helping me figure it out. They're kind of just helping me be a girl's best friend. So like I was really good at making friends with girls, but not, not necessarily dating them. I was like, damn, I wish I had like a good male figure to talk to about this stuff and thinking about that. And like, what does it mean to become a man when you're getting into your twenties and just feeling confused about that as I was growing up. Yeah. I don't think that's silly at all, man. I could see where there'd be a million times where you're like, man, I just wish I could talk to my dad about this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, that, that happens more now that I have kids too, where it's like, you know, he would be a great grandfather. He would be uh, a huge help to my mom. Who's taken on like a huge grandma role. She actually moved to Boise uh, right when we moved, did pretty close. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. She moved, she bought a house half a mile from us. So she's, she's amazing for that. But yeah, like seeing all those, all those points where I, I see fathers in that role and I'm like, Oh, that's why it sucks to lose your dad. <laughs> Cause <laughs> you know, that, yeah. just you know, no foresight when I was 16, like zero. You know, <laughs> I, I think it, I think it is a weird kind of like dichotomy, right? Because, because 
there Henry being the odd one out here, right? Like that type of thinking is is foreign to you, right? Like like it's like, hey, completely, completely foreign, right? Um, I think I think there's beauty in that though. Um, and what I mean by forest, like you know, like this can be kind of like misconstrued and some people can listen to that and be like, or even how Henry kind of saw it, be like, man, that that's weird. That's a weird way of thinking. Well, in essence, if you see where your life went and this isn't me getting all religious, but ready, if, if you do believe in a God or God, it did all work out. Right. Yeah. It did all work out. Right. Like, yeah. like it, it looked different and we don't, we never know why life is going to life. We don't know why the universe or God or whatever thing, whatever happens, happens. Right. Like I, I, I wasn't, you know, planning on, committing suicide right at one time right like like but but somehow it all worked out i don't know what what caused that but but something caused it something made a switch who knows um but i think uh i think that's really cool dude and and i have another question for you now dude i know that this is this is a recovery podcast so i felt i felt inclined to kind of ask it um did you find yourself um maybe turning to any sort of substances during that time did you smoke any weed drink any or or did you Um, just did you just kind of veg out and just you know, accept that everything was okay. Yeah, I think I accepted that everything was okay, but I, you know, looking back at it now, I definitely um, just filled myself with stimulation, whether it was video games, um, you know, like trying to just push myself as hard as I could. Like that's when we got into downhill longboarding. And I remember having conversations that's like, people saying you're going to kill yourself going down those highways like that with cars and shit. And I'm like, well, if I die, I'm going to see my dad. So what's the worst that's going to happen. And then I ate shit and I hurt myself really bad. And I was like, all oh, right, you don't always die. You could just get hurt really bad. That woke me up. But yeah, I mean like I, for a little bit, I did kind of have a death wish of like, I'm going to push myself as hard as I can because somebody's watching over me. And if, they slip up. I'm going to see my dad. Um, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't really get into to drinking until I was 21. Um, and then I didn't get into smoking weed until I found out that my mom had breast cancer. And that kind of set it off to the like, well, I got to be there for her. I could not have two parents. And then somebody introduced me to weed. And I was kind of like, well, this is a pretty like makes me feel pretty good. <laughs> let's let's get into this for a bit. Uh, it's but. interesting that you say that about like the longboarding and the stim- stimulus, whatever else, whatever that looked like. Yeah, because we kind of talk about that too with with um, addiction or not even necessarily addiction, but you know what addicts, us addicts, do in our addiction is we use something to take us out of our brain, make us feel better, distract us, make us forget. And, you know, there are all kinds of addictions that aren't just drugs or alcohol. And it sounds like you, I mean, you turned to ones that were well healthy, but also arguably potentially more as dangerous or more dangerous. Um, So that's interesting. And it, you know, we talk about when we put our little psychologist hat on that, it's doing the same thing to your brain. Right. And and we're just using that to get outside of ourselves and not feel what we don't want to feel. Yeah. I feel like, um, like video games was the biggest one. When I look back at, I am pretty sensitive to it now and I, I have good control over it. I still play a little bit, but, um, when 
you know, when COVID happened, it was like a great excuse to just play video games constantly. And I dove in so hard and like, I was also programming and like selling some things. So it was, a, an, again, like just kind of amping up my reason justification for, for your addiction. Yeah, exactly. You're and a babe, we, I'm making money. This is yeah. mentioned for us. Put the controller down. Yeah. I made $400 in like six months. So it's probably worth it. Uh, <laughs> not, not real money, but you know, like enough. Um, and then we had our first kid and I was still trying to like do the kind of the bare minimum with this thing that I had no idea how to keep alive. And try to stay up late to like still be a part of this video game community. And it was like three months in and I, I just had this realization of like, wow, I'm going to be such a shitty dad if I decide to do this. And I was, I was, uh, you know, like in a community of other people that were, you know, they were fathers of a few kids as well. And they were just gaming constantly. And so I thought it was a normal thing. Um, but I didn't, you know, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my kid, all that stuff was going to suffer so hard if I kept going down that path. So um, that was like a huge wake up moment of you lost control of this. Um, you need to stop and put it away and like learn how to be in the moment and not have a screen in front of your face to feel good. Yeah, dude, I, I can relate to that. I like playing video games too. Um, I haven't in a long time because mo- mostly because I, dude, I just don't have time. I just, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just not sleeping. Uh, yeah, I was, was sacrificing sleep. sleep to play video games. I was sleeping three hours a night. You know, as an avid listener to this podcast, that Cameron is going nowhere near any kind of sleep deprivation. (laughs) Those days are long gone, bro. I'll be, I'll be in bed and asleep in four hours time. I'm telling you that on the dot. Yeah, Um, No, it's so important. So dude, I I have another question for you, man. Um, So you talked about, wait, can I, can I jump in before we move on? You can do. It's, it sounds like, you have pretty good self-awareness like this, uh, this level of self-awareness that you have of like, this isn't how I want my life to look. Um, this isn't where I want to raise a family. Video games aren't going to work if I want to be a good dad. Have you always been like that? Or where do you think that came from? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember, I remember the moments I realized that I didn't have shit figured out. Um, so like this kind of also goes back to this, like, religion slash um, not having an accountability system. Um, when I went away to college uh, and went away from the church, I still had this mentality of like, I'm doing everything right. I know how to live. I'm, uh, you know, like I got this shit figured out. I'm Christ-like, but I wasn't really anymore. Um, I was drinking, I was partying, I was making bad decisions and uh, my best friend, Sean Latour, who I think both of you know, hey. yeah, there was a moment when he was like, yeah, Yo, you talk a lot of shit for somebody who doesn't have your stuff figured out. And he walked away from me. Those kind of friends we're talking about. <laughs> dude, dude. Bro. He's my best friend still. Um, but I'll never dude, forget that. I love it, that. it sent me into the like, yeah, what am I doing? Why am I? What what got me to this point where I'm so judgmental and worrying about other people, and I'm not focusing on myself enough? So then that sent me the other way, where like all I did was try to fix myself, and sometimes like being way too hard on myself as well. Uh, that was one thing that really came out from smoking weed was like 
I would smoke and look at myself in the mirror and like just say mean things to myself. And then I sat back and was like, all right, that might be a little much. <laughs> there might be something going on that you need to talk about uh, if you're going to be that hard on yourself. So um, I think it was probably 20, I was 23 when I started doing that. And then just um, getting like a good visualization of the person you wanted to be or you want to be, and then checking in with that regularly has, has, just progressed um, as I get older. So you can go to four rehabs, three detoxes, couple trips to jail, and then figure it out. Or you can just have a cool friend like Sean Latour be like, bro, you act like you're the shit and you're not shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> your whole life in, yeah. a, in the snap of a finger. Dude, yeah, I got to say, that's dude, the best. I got to say, dude, you, you do have like this incredible self-awareness, Henry. That's a, I, I'm glad that you pointed that out, dude, because it, it's almost, um, what I say, 12 step like, right? Like, like you, you're, you're taking your own inventory and, and you're sitting there and you're kind of doing it organically. Um, is there, has there been like any outside motivation to get you to do that? Like, do you follow like, you know, like the stereotypical hype man? Are you a big like Jordan Peterson guy or like, do we listen to job um, and shit? I mean, I, I like all those guys, but I think all those guys are also, uh, part of the Rogan world. And like, I do listen to Joe Rogan often because I think the people he has on are motivating and, yeah, yeah. and good, but I, it all started with, uh, trying to do one of those MLMs, like the, the multi-level marketing companies mm -hmm. and just learning how to like present yourself well and, uh, believe in yourself and do all that, that they, they give you lists of self help books. And like, that was the one thing that I really got out of those was it started this like, Oh, I thought I was good at talking to people until I read this book and realized I'm terrible at it. I don't know any of the, of these things they're talking about. And I also do the opposite of a lot of them. And, um, and so that's kind of where it all started. And then I just continue, continue down that road of, I could be better. Um, I like, you know, you're proud, but not satisfied. I think that's like a, a term that, mm. that Jim sharks, like Henry over there. know. <laughs> yeah, that's a, no, actually, I don't think I don't know that I've heard that. I just really? liked it. Shit. That was like a big fitness one when I was when I was really into fitness. It was always like proud but never satisfied, bro. Like look in the mirror. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just like, uh, yeah, bro, you are small as fuck, dude. Uh, yeah. Weights. <laughs> There's also that body dysmorphia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And then the best part is when I look back at like pictures from you know a couple months back when I like when I thought i was real small and i was like oh dude you looked kind of good you always see you yeah. thought you were small as fuck you looked all right buddy yeah yeah you like hyper focus on one muscle and you're like why is why is that little muscle not massive yet and then the rest of your body is just like <laughs> well dude, yeah, dude dude so what a what a cool um way of processing this type of shit dude i think it's i think it's kind of it's actually really impressive that you were able to kind of set your father's passing to the side until, you know, what do you say? Like your late twenties now, have you, now do you, do you feel, I don't mean to bring us back into dark land, but, but I, but I did have a question about it. Um, have you come to terms with it now in a healthier way? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have a good relationship with 
my grieving okay. um, for my father. I think I think about him almost every day, but it's never it's never in a way that makes me uh, sad enough. It's like a, a respect, I guess. Okay. You know, like like it is a, a wish you were here kind of thing, but it's like a respect and um, like yeah, you you would have been great at this. Like you were a great guy. Good to think about you. Good to have that going, um, occurring often. Because I feel like there was probably ten years where I was just like, I'm not gonna think about it. It makes me sad. I'm only gonna be happy. I'm done crying. Like my emotional awareness was didn't exist for like ten years. You know, mm-hmm. um, I was just like, everything has to be happy. Somebody says something sad, I need to get away from them because sadness is badness and all that shit. So now I feel I feel pretty good about it. That, that was a good question. I, I kind of had the same question because when you described your initial reaction, you talked about like blind faith and it kind of seemed, you know, you like you were describing yourself as like naive in, in that moment. And so was there like a specific moment or time where you came to the realize a realization you were like, oh, that was fucked up and the way I handled it was kind of kind of fucked up and like, was there a specific moment like that where you, where you kind of came to whatever understanding you have now? Um, I, I mean, it probably was only within the last three years when I had slowed down enough to, to think about it. Um, I'd say like, if I haven't processed something well enough, it's probably my relationship with religion because I'm like, that part still kind of confuses me. But, um, I think I, I, I attribute a lot of like the naiveness up to just trusting like being a child and trusting that what the people you look up to are telling you is true. And, um, and yeah, I'm not, I don't know, not too hard on myself about that. Well, that's a, that's a good thing, dude. By no means, by no means am I implying, and I don't, and Henry's not implying either that, that how you process that was, was the wrong way. It's just, it's just a, uh, it's a very different way of processing it, right? Like when, when you hear about this type of thing, I'm always intrigued to see how people deal with these types of things. And each one is unique, you know? Um, but there are, there are similarities. Now I'm going to twist this into one of my, one of my other questions. Um, since the loss of your father, and now that you are a father, and from what I can see on social media, you look like you're a great dad, you're active and everything like that. Do you, does that give you a little extra, motivation and um to kind of go above and beyond for your kids um because you know the fragility of life and 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 due to what you experienced with your dad yeah i think it it does have the the motivating factor of wanting to give them a great childhood um like wanting to be i'm excited to be a good dad i'm excited to to kind of fill that spot of my dad was great to me. Um, what could he have been later in the years too? Like I hope to, to see that I can just be an evolution of that. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean the fragility of it too, like being, being in the moment for sure. I, I, I hate the moments when I come home kind of tired and I'm on my phone and my daughter's like, daddy, put your phone down. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> like this, all this little kid wants us to play with me, play like monsters or something. And I'm, I'm looking at something stupid on my phone that I don't care about. Um, mm. Yeah. I feel that man. It's, and I think, uh, 
just like that progress mindset that we've been talking about, it, it carries over into, you know, wanting to be a better father, trying to, trying to read books, talk with my wife a lot about it. I also want to be a better husband. Um, it's just finding time to invest in all that is tough. Right. Yeah, dude, yeah. I gotta, I gotta say, I gotta jump in here really quick. I'm sorry, Hen, but, um, no, you're good. dude, I had a, uh, um, a similar thing just happened to me recently with that, with the phone. Right. Um, I was asking my daughter, I had to run to the grocery store and, and usually she goes with me and, and what was it? It was just this week. And she's like, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And she's so in this big fit. So I was like, all right, I'll take Graham. And I went, well, when I came home, I guess Ashley kind of grilled her and was like, Hey, why didn't you want to go to the store with daddy? Well, she goes, she goes, sometimes when I try to talk to daddy, all he does is stare at his phone. And I was like, and I was like, I was like, ah, dude, like, no, no, no. And dude, and and I don't think I do it a lot. Right. But it's that self-awareness. Like you talked about, like, you know, you get off work, you're tired, you're just kind of zoning out. And and it's not like my, she comes up to me and I just go, get out of here, Addison. But it's easy to get locked into the phone as we all know. And, and dude, dude, I, I literally like walked outside and was like, Fuck! Just I'm chucked your phone I, into I, the I, atmosphere, I, 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 dude, dude, dude. Everything in me, dude. The devil was in my ear, dude. You're a bad dad, dude. You fucking yeah. suck, dude. You're uh, the worst. Your daughter's gonna be a hooker because of this. This is all your fault. I didn't say that. My daughter's not gonna be a hooker, but, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's well buy her a stripper pole now, so she can start why practicing. Hey, why don't you go? Your dad's a diabetic. Go get some needles from him and just go pick up some heroin, bud. It's all over. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah it hits hard yeah, it's it so brutal and that's funny because i was gonna say the same thing that there's like nothing worse than hearing your kids say why are you always on your phone you're just like oh i'm a yeah. piece of shit it just yeah. feels awful yeah but as we were talking about this, yeah <laughs> as we were talking about this i'm thinking about it and it's like dude it is hard to live in the adult world and have to transfer back to kid land because it is joyous and fantastic to sit on the ground and play with your kid. But it's also hard to turn off. Like my boss is, is upset with me and with the the bills are due and my check was smaller this week because of the holiday. You know what I mean? All that bullshit, but we have to like turn it off and just sit down on the floor because that that stuff is so much more important to them. Um, man, I I don't know. It's like they don't they don't see these that all this stress. They're just like, oh, dad's on his phone. You yeah, and the, and the hard part too is like the energy that you can give off. Um, you know, if they hear you raising your voice at anything, they think it's all directed towards them, and that right is so painful. <laughs> um, one thing that has helped with with the transition, it, like transitioning into Kidland, is uh, I listened to um, a podcast about ch- children developing physically and how their natural movements like help them create the muscles they need to, you know, grow and be strong. And so, um, like when my daughter was one, I noticed she was always in a squat, like a standing squat, and I went to to do that, like a low squat, you know, where your butt's almost touching the ground. It's like, I can't do it. I just kind of fall over. And then I just started doing it every day with her and could do it. And I got mobility back. And then I started crawling around with them more. And now we do like these animalistic movements that you can look up online, like a workout um, 
form, I guess. But I uh, started doing that with them more and turning it into a like, it's good for me too. Like it's good for me yeah. on the uh, being with them, but it's fun for them. And cause that's a big part of me is like, I hate not being active and nobody's going to work out for me. So if I can turn my, my child interactions into a form of workout, like we all win. And that's right. a really cool one. Even playing like, like following your kid on a playground, it's exhausting. <laughs> I probably see a lot of parents like at the playground on their phones and not crawling around through the tubes and getting hurt. Dude, it's, I think for me too, dude, is like the reason that the phone thing kind of hurts and Hen, you made a great point, right? Like life for us as parents doesn't stop, right? So, so whatever sin you're going on, like, oh man, I got this, that, that, and this and that you're tired and, and they want to do what you're saying for us. Like they want to crawl on the ground and shit. Well, dude, the last thing dad wants to do is crawl on the goddamn ground, but, (laughs) but we have to do what we have to do, dude, is, is, is what you kind of talked about was for me, I like to sit here and think that, Hey, these moments are fleeting, right? At at some point, my daughter is not going to want to crawl on the ground with me. And I only get one shot at this moment in time to crawl on the ground with my daughter, right? Or, 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 or to, to dance with her or, or do something that I don't want to do because dude, that moment is never coming back. And when you can have that realization, I think it'll be a little bit more palatable when we're older and we can say, you know what, dude, I did the best I could. And I wasn't just staring at my phone. Now that comes from a guy who was just told that by his four year old that he stares at his phone too much. So obviously when I get off this podcast, I'll be crawling on the ground, but, but, but (laughs) but, but that's, that's the reason that that's why it's so important. Right. And that's cool. That's why having these conversations are, are really important because dude, it really highlights what is important. What's on the phone is not fucking important. It's, it's, you know, the world's passing us by. We talked about it on our social media episode, right? Like that phone's keeping you engaged for a reason. And, and, yeah. and, and unfortunately one of the reasons is just to keep you engaged. And now you're neglecting, you know, the beauty of, of your, of your children that is just passing you by. Yeah. Dude, I am going to get grilled by Kristen <laughs> about this when this podcast is yeah, over. Dude, you are. Dude, I'm terrible on the phone. I'll be the first to admit it. It it is awful and and I'm not good. I need to work on it. <laughs> I have the awareness. Texting, today. even if it's not social media, I'm always texting like eight different people, and like yeah. it's too much. I I just need to let it go sometimes, and like get to it when I get to it. And that's you know I'm my father's son. I I tell my dad because um, we'll be in the middle of something important. And he, Hello, this is Michael. Answer his phone. And I'm like, Dad, you know, you don't have to answer your phone because it rings. You can call someone back. They'll be fine until you get back to him. He's always prided himself on being really great, like with customers, especially because he's always available and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's always available. Like we're visiting. We're at a family dinner, like all hanging out. And, Hello, this is Michael. And it's like, you don't need to answer that right now. Call him back in an hour when you're done. You yeah. always have to be available. And here I am always making myself available to whoever the fuck it is that's texting See, that, me or whatever. That like amplifies it, right? Because that was an example to you that is still being repeated, right? And I, I you know, I hear... I had, I had a realization of walking around with my daughter when she was like six months and it was like every single thing she saw was the greatest thing. Cause it's the first thing she ever saw. I was like, Oh shit, she doesn't know anything unless I show it to her. And she only knows the world that I'm introducing her to. So like for that example, you know, if you're, if you're 
seeing like, oh, to be a good businessman, you need to always be available. And you've seen that for years. That's probably a hard thing to break, right? Especially if it's like an instinct. Are you fucking sure you haven't gone through a 12-step program? Yeah, bro, man, or- hard, dude, like, are you closetly smoking meth and then just fucking got sober behind our back? Dude, it's okay. You can do it live and direct, dude. Wait, that is bad? No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, uh, so Cameron and I are fired. Here's your new host, Forrest. Yeah. He is uh, dude, taking over that, the That's podcast. why like, seeing you guys do this was so cool because, one, everybody has an idea to do a podcast. Everybody says, like, I should do a fucking podcast. But you guys are doing it and you're doing it every week and it's not easy and you're putting in the work. It's so fucking awesome. But also seeing like a 12 step program, you know, I, I put myself like somewhat through it. Um, I still think you guys have a lot, like you've learned a lot more than I have. And I'm jealous of what you've gotten to learn from that process. Cause I'm like, fuck, I wish I could just do it without, you know, being an alcoholic or I mean, you could, because it's, it feels like one of those things that everybody needs to do, right? Yeah. Well, dude, dude, I got <laughs> praise be, dude. Um, because yes, um, people like Henry and I and everybody in the rooms, that's a that's a common saying. Um, everybody yeah. should go through the steps. If everybody did, the world would be a better place. Um, yeah. And and I'll, I'll throw an olive branch out for you. Here you go, Forrest. You can call me once a day, every day for the first 90 days, and then we'll go through the steps. All right, brother? No, I'm just playing with you. But, but, but dude, yeah. <laughs> it, you, you know, you could just look at them. Um, and if you had questions about it, you could do it, dude. It, it, it changed our yeah. lives. There's a book that I sent to my sister, and I tried to find it again. And I couldn't, but I'm pretty sure that I want to say it was Russell Brand. I can't remember, but there's a book that's called like for normies. I have it right over here. Yeah. Recovery, Russell Brand. It's his, it's his, uh, I'm sorry, dude. I interrupted you, but this is what I need. But it's Russell Brand's version. Um, And it's for just anybody, right? Well, he tells his story so people normies can understand. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'll, but I'll go further. I'd like to give you more credit than you're giving yourself because you are on the same journey as us. And unless, you know, it was just like the last six months of listening to this podcast, uh, (laughs) being being on a journey of self-improvement is all we're doing. You're doing the same thing. You haven't necessarily gone through the same program, but literally the thing that Sean Latour said to you, which by the way, I I know I went to elementary school with him. Yeah. I I haven't, talk to him in a long time but i've known the the guy since we were like six years old um but you're on this same journey as we are dude and that's that's why that's part of why we wanted to have you on because like you we could tell we kind of you give off those vibes like we knew you were going to be like this we i didn't know you were going to be this good but um you're on the same journey as we are and you're doing the same kind of stuff and anybody who's trying to improve themselves is is on the same journey as we are. Should I say on the same journey as we are one more time? Yes. <laughs> I'm spinning. Forrest, you're on the I same journey. Like journey. Yes. Is, are, is someone on the same journey here? <laughs> we are all on the same journey, dude. <laughs> journey, 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 yeah. journey. That's no, I mean, I think it's, um, like, I also wanted to, to talk about, like, where we all, we met and saw each other the last times we met, because I think it kind of brings us all together. For me, it does, because I, until this podcast came out and heard about how well you guys are doing, I had no clue. And I was just like, holy shit, like, fuck yeah, big victories for these guys. That's fucking awesome. 
Oh, was it like was it like upper players for Thanksgiving drug I fest? Not, that's the last time I saw you. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. Now that was a stab in the dark. I have no idea, but it was a good guess. Yeah, no, I was, was that say, where I was it was say upper players at some point because I went there to play a lot of pool and got very drunk and said hi to people. I think I remembered and <laughs> you know. Um, but I know uh, my, I think it's, uh, it's a funny memory of my first time meeting you, Henry. Um, was at Caleb Lush's birthday, hey. probably in like seventh grade, maybe seventh, okay. maybe eighth. Um, but you know, like at his mom's house, I think it was his dad's. It was his dad's because oh, I remember like, like sleepover in that apartment in Fair Oaks. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And okay. I remember them telling me about, about you and it was like, such a such an opposite world of me because I think you were like smoking and drinking and maybe having <laughs> sex at that time when I was like just so <laughs> and I remember the point where you were like we should put on some porn and I was like <laughs> you know like <laughs> so goody goody and I was like ooh this time you guys kind of gnarly Henry has left the sea, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I wasn't lying. <laughs> dude, dude, I sure, I sure hope, I sure hope Forrest's recollection is a little bit better than fucking Henry's when he first met me, dude. <laughs> Okay, so that's my first time meeting I'm you. I'm true to this, not new to this, baby. <laughs> but I know, I, I do know that, like, we weren't super close all through high school and everything, but I, I only have good memories of us interacting. Um, you know, even even with, like, yes, hey. my, my fear of you bringing me into the secular world. <laughs> um, I just, uh, I only have fond memories of you. And then hearing, like, you know, going through those hard times, but not being there. And now hearing you every week about how well you're doing was like such a circle of, of victory, I guess, you know? Hey, the porn guy. <laughs> yeah, the porn guy came around. The porn heathen's doing all right. Hey, sweet man. Look at him. He turned his life around. <laughs> oh, great. He's like, if I hang out with this kid, I'll never see my dad again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. so yeah, that's, that's it, man. Do you remember that though? Do you remember? I yeah, I remember. God damn! You guys all have your little fucking dicks out and shit, dude. What was going on? <laughs> Apparently, I was trying to pull them out. Um, <laughs> I do remember the sleep. I remember the very sleepover. It was those apartments um, off of like Sunset or Fair Oaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I probably said some stuff like that. I wasn't having sex. I was definitely smoking weed. Probably wasn't drinking, but oh, <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, dude. My memory's not good, but I do remember that party. But I have the same, like we, you know, like you said, we weren't close, but I always remember like, hey, it's Forrest, you know, cool dude. Always good vibes. Never, you know, we we didn't like hang out a ton, but you know, we had a, we had a good time um when we did and i'm really interested to to hear your recollection of meeting cameron if you have one <laughs> uh it must have been at a, i think it was at a skate park or it was at alan hannon's house it was like either one Jay yeah and i remember you were like uh 
you're just like a little ball of, of energy that cuss a lot. And it was like, <laughs> it was hilarious to me. It was just a little a, South Park character. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was another thing though, where like, I feel, I mean, I, I think we hit it off pretty quick where we were, we were homies. We hung out with at Nick Pershing's also who lived right down the street. And I remember going to your house, um, which actually is like right across the street from where my dad's buried. So that's like, you know, put the puzzle together. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, I, 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 you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't have a, <laughs> a mark in my memory like Henry, but I remember the times mm-hmm. of driving in your focus. What a loser. You're boring, Cameron. Hey dude, he was in the focus <laughs> with me, dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I remember, I remember all that. I remember that focus just being like, dude, he's got a fucking rocket ship with an exhaust. And sick. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know, there's two dang dude like oh. blast my eardrums yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah dude it was definitely had to do with skateboarding it was probably alan hannon's or up at up at the park or or somewhere but but yeah dude i'm glad to see that ready uh you know how teenage forest changed um adult cameron hasn't changed from teenage cameron i'm still a small little ball who cusses too much so it's fantastic <laughs> dude <laughs> That was great, dude. You know what's crazy? Reflecting on the last time that I saw you, um, I don't know if you remember this, but I was on my way back from a disc golf trip in Tahoe, and we were in Georgetown, and it was right after your grandpa died, and you guys were up there doing something, and I ran into you in the general store, and I was like, oh, shit, like, Cameron, how are you? And you're like, well, like, grandpa died, and we're up here you're doing something mm-hmm. and it was that like i was in those shoes now being like oh, fuck i'm sorry i don't know what to say i just haven't seen you in a long time i hope you guys are yeah you know, doing well but yeah like hey hope well. you're doing good pal yeah i'm not yeah. all right later no um but like seeing how they're also ultra faded at that point he was or I, I didn't realize it um but hearing about how that was in where that takes place in your story um mm-hmm. was really interesting mm-hmm. it was like a yeah i don't know like really put me in that spot it was yeah dude yeah man good. rest in peace grandpa davis um i miss going up to georgetown um it, you know it's cool they uh they named that vfw hall up there after him so it's rad if, if anytime wow. i go up yeah it's the donald davis um, um vfw hall because he was real big in that um yeah, dude. Uh, <clears throat> surprisingly, I was actually um, I was actually sober during that time. I was so early in my sobriety that um, I, I I'm surprised I was even up there. I don't really remember, but I know they did like a huge celebration, um, and I knew there was going to be drinking, and I ended up like leaving. Um, wow. So that's how dedicated I was nice. because I I just couldn't go back. But yeah, dude, oh, wow. that's that's awesome, man. That's funny. That that was a good laugh for us. That's fantastic. I just picture I just picture Henry crawling out of a closet with cron smoke flying everywhere, dude. He's got he's got a fucking dick in hand and in a Jenna Jameson porno. Party. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed, dude. Hey, dude. We all did that, man. That's so funny. That's the funniest shit ever, dude. <laughs> well, I got, yeah. I got, I got one more question for you, dude. Because you, 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 uh, like I said, you, you seem to be a great father, man, and 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 a really a uh, um a motivating person, man. You, uh, you, 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 you inspire me, dude. And actually, sitting here having this conversation with you, dude, you've kind of hyped me up in ways that 
you 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 wouldn't know. So, um, what is your favorite? What is your favorite part of being a father, Forrest? Shit, that's a not an easy one. I know. I told um, you. I warned you. I don't know, man. Like, I'd say I could. I'll give you one of them. Just um, give me one. one of them. Is kind of like how how much of a conundrum it is that you can like be yelled at by this little thing constantly and just be like, you know, doubting yourself, um, you know, have feeling their emotions also being like, am I doing this right? Constant tantrums. Like, am I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And then they like come up to you and hug you and say, they love you. And I have moments where, you know, like my daughter will cry at night and I'll go into her bed and she'll just look at me and be like, I love you so much, daddy. And kiss me on the forehead. And I'm like, eh. Nothing else matters, right? Now. You know, let's just be a dad. This is the best. Um, and then having two kids, like seeing them start to interact and play together and being like, we're so close to being able to go to a skate park and then like yeah. entertain each other. <laughs> and I'm not having to be the, like the only entertainment. Um, I'm how, excited. How old are they? Uh, my son is 13 months and my daughter is. Or you, I, I, I stopped counting the months after 15 or something, but uh, yeah, my son just started walking like three weeks ago. So we do a lot of laps around the house and dance. on a board. Yeah, I do. He's, he's like pretty, pretty naturally. Uh, well, I mean, who, who fucking knows? I have hope that he's naturally physically, <laughs> you know, skilled, but he, uh, he does take to the board. He takes to the scooter. He takes to the bike. I don't really care what they're on as long as like we can go to the skate park and they can have a good time and I can introduce them to that, the rock climbing gym, the, the bike park, and um, they could be on a scooter. I don't, I don't really care. At some point you're going to be like, you're going to have to get rid of the, the handlebars and get on a board. Yeah. But I think until they're five or six, it's probably fine. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I talk about it. I'm sure you've you've uh, heard it a million times. I talk about it nauseum, uh, how I love going to the gym before I record because I yeah. just feel better. And it sounds like you you know you're kind of preaching the same message, man. The the physical health leads to better mental health, um, and I love the idea of just you know trying to keep them keep them active and stuff because uh, it's just uh, oh dude, I got to tell you guys this story about Lyndon real quick. It just popped <laughs> in my head. We were we were going back and forth. Lyndon is Kristen's daughter, and well, why do you always go to the gym? And she was asking her mom, and she said, "Because when you go to the gym, you you live longer." And she goes, "Henry's gonna live for a long yeah." Time. <laughs> I was like, oh. that's, right. yeah. that's right. That's awesome, man. Dude, yeah, that- what, a, what a good inspiration. You know, she's seeing that too. That's really cool. Exactly. Well, and and you said something else about when you were showing your daughter something and and the wonder that she was experiencing. We took Lyndon to this. I I took her and Kristen never been to this like walking state park and they had like a waterfall and stuff. And dude, she was running around like, whoa, yeah, whoa, and it like. Oh, it felt so. I was like, look at the wonder of a child. Look at how hyped she is. Look at how all this shit is the coolest shit she's ever seen in her life. Like we need to, we need to like feel that as humans, like look at it. 
and I think it's beautiful, but the fact that she was so awe inspired by it and amazed, it's like, that's the kind of shit we need to like, that's that old stop and smell the roses. Bullshit. Yeah, like, yeah. That's right, Henry. This is fucking beautiful. If this kid right here who doesn't know shit about fuck thinks it's beautiful, it's beautiful. And you <laughs> yeah. should recognize and so should everyone else. And you should enjoy it and appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's so true. Dude, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta say this. Um, you sent me some of those pictures, Henry. It was a beautiful little spot. And, and you're right about that. It's, right. it's, it's when we're not, and I could tell that you were probably actually, doing better with not looking at your phone that day you barely texted me that day so you were you were soaking it in and that's probably why you're having such a good time but i think um <clears throat> there's nothing better for us you said it um than the i love you daddy so i've said it on here before um yeah th- th- there's nothing better than that I, I i can't uh i can't um describe how much that can make all the frustration all the tiredness all everything that comes along with it just go away um, yeah. and, and I think you're doing a fantastic job out there, man. Um, you're a bright, vibrant soul, dude. And, uh, I, I personally, before we let you go, unless, um, you have some closing remarks, I think you've, uh, you've been a great, um, support for us, dude. And I really appreciate personally. And I know Henry does dude, all the hype that you've given the podcast, bro. Thanks for being so dedicated and thanks for just being a real one, man. Thanks for coming on here, opening up about, you know, all sorts of things and just being an overall great guest, dude. This is a fucking awesome episode, dude. Like I'm, I'm real excited to hear this one back and it'll be there forever, dude. So you'll be able to listen to it. And you were on, you were on rude dude when we're on Rogan one day, bro. So don't worry about it. Um, Henry, you got anything to say? And you'll, you'll, you'll be back. We're 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 definitely going to have you back. I had, I had a thought in the very beginning. I was like, man, if they ever need like a normie as a third host, I'm here. Here you, here you <laughs> are. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm, Dude, I'm super down to be back. Be I'm really to it. <laughs> yeah. It's that's normal because I'm, I play a uh, best ball and it's hard to explain, but it's a fantasy football thing and I'm doing pretty well in it, whatever. And I was like practicing my speech for when the guys that like have the show that I listen to have me on their show. <laughs> Like, you know, I, I, I really did this and that when I was drafting and I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. You know, I can go on on their podcast. But I will. When I win that $3 million, you will, you just gotta, you gotta hype them. You gotta hype them. You gotta share them. <laughs> That's how yeah. I got to do that. Yeah, dude, it works. That's right. <laughs> We gotta start you gotta doing this with Rogan. We gotta drink V8. That's Delicious, easy. nutritious. Four yeah. servings of fruit and vegetables. Delicious. <laughs> it means the energy. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, um, I guess like my my closing remarks would be: I'm I'm super proud of what you guys are doing, and like really uh, admire you know getting out and doing this every week and and being open about everything. I mean, um, you know the having to be accountable live every week like having it be accountable for whether you have a a relapse like that was an awesome episode um to see like i'm still gonna go through with this i'm gonna be honest about this this is me um also with hey i might have offended somebody um I'm, i'm human i didn't mean to do it if i did um just everything like it's it takes a lot to get out in front of people and be super honest so i've only done it once i can't imagine doing it every single week. (laughs) It's awesome guys. And your mission is like, it's a great purpose to have passion about. So 
really cool. That means a lot, man. We, uh, we, I, I really appreciate that. I, I know Cameron does too. And I think we don't think about it. I, I know I don't where it's like, everyone's like, you're so brave. And, and I, I have to step back and, and think about it to realize, you know, it is brave. Like a lot of people wouldn't do this, but to us, it's like, I think we have practice in doing it in meetings. And I also, um, I've just become an open book because like you said, our purpose, the purpose is to help people. And if I, if I'm not brutally honest and share my struggles, then I'm not helping anybody. And, and what people get help from is relating to things that, that we've experienced that they've experienced too. So like this, it, it seems natural to, to me, I guess, but I, I do really appreciate that. And, and also the accountability um, of us, of us doing it week in and week out because we have that adult shit going on. We have not fun stuff. And, and sometimes, I mean, we do love doing this, but man, sometimes it'd be nice to just fucking not and make up an excuse and do something else and whatever. But, but uh, we have, you know, held ourselves accountable. And, and this is uncommon for Cam- for Cameron and I really, this commitment. So it is a big deal. And I, I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, dude, you're gonna make me you're gonna make me cry, dude. Um, that's those are, those are those are some of the things that uh, Hen and I aspire to be, right? Um, transparent, um, honest, accountable. Yeah. Um, and- I think there's a part of it too that's like seeing men be vulnerable with each other is uh, is really nice because it it's getting to be a little more normal within podcasts and YouTube, but it still seems like it's hard to find in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like if I try to talk to my friends about marriage or parenting and be honest and be like, yeah, this is just kind of fucking hard. Um, a lot of times it's just like, well, I don't really have anything to report from them. I'm like, really? Like there's nothing mm-hmm. that we can help each other with. It's just kind of me. <laughs> so Dude, text us, yeah, hit us man. Up, Call bro. Me. Hit us up, bro. We'll talk. To yeah. You. We'll talk yeah. to you, man. But thanks again for us, dude. This was a, this was an awesome, awesome episode. We will, uh, we'll definitely have you back on bro. And, and I, I, I actually will, will confer with hen on this, but I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to having you fill in for one of us. If one of us is out, dude, you, you have the right, you got, Word. you got the right stuff, dude. You got the right mindset. You got the right, you got the right words. And I think you have a lot more to offer than, than you really think, dude. Um, so I, uh, hats off to you, bro. Um, it's really good to see you for us and thank you so much for, uh, for being here, dude. It, it means the world to us. Yeah, thank you guys. And Cameron, maybe next time we'll do it in person in Idaho. Okay, we will, dude. I'm coming, bro. I'm coming. I promise you. All right, dude. We'll talk to you later. All right, later. Thank you, Forrest. Later, man. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Love you too, bro. Dude. What the fuck? We just lost our jobs. Dude, dude, he, he was better than us, bro. That guy is a walk-on legend. Dude, dude. This walked in the big leagues and hit a grand slam. I mean, I mean, man, I, I was sitting here and like and like he got like 15, 20 minutes in and I was like, holy shit, bro. Like, like he is he is he is doing it and he and he's good at it. Um that was yep. that was awesome, bro. That was that was great. I didn't I love I was like I, I texted you today and I was like, I don't know that much about him, but I love 
learning things live on the podcast. I mean, I learned stuff about you when you told your story and any of our guests, even, you know, Kristen stuff that we just, it never came up or whatever. Um, it's really cool to just sit here and be like, Oh wow. And just learn on the fly live and direct on, on the <laughs> podcast, man. That was awesome. That was awesome, bro. And I, I, I know I just said it to Forrest five seconds ago, but thanks again, Forrest. That was, that was fucking dope, dude. That was, that was real dope. Well, I don't. I, you fucking kicked him out with the hurry upness. You real interested in the Steelers and fucking uh, <laughs> Patriots toilet bowl? He's happy, dude. Come on now. No, dude. I uh, I actually have to take a fucking raging piss, and uh, <laughs> I, I haven't eaten much today, and it's like five thirty, and I'm hungry. Um, so sorry for us, gotcha. I kicked you out, dude. But it's like an hour and a half. That's a good one, dude. You're like, yeah, we're doing all right later for us. I, I did kind of yeah. feel that way, but dude, you know what? Um, it was a great one. I felt like if, if we didn't cut it, I could have talked to him for like five hours, dude. Yeah, like he was that, he sure. was that compelling. It, he'll be coming back. He'll be coming back. That was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome, bro. And, and I'm glad to hear the story about you popping out of a fucking closet with pornos and shit, dude. That was, I haven't left that. <laughs> that was one for the ages, my uh, man. Oh, dude, that was a good <laughs> laugh, dude. Fantastic. All right, bro. Well, give them the condensed feel and let's get the fact out of here. All right. Well, hey, thanks everybody for listening. Um, this has been fantastic. Uh, you know where to find us Apple, Samsung, um, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Um, for your f- podcast listening, um, we are on YouTube. Subscribe. You guys aren't subscribing, and you're going to want to watch this one when Forrest tells a story about the porno because Henry gets up and runs off away off camera. It's pretty funny. Um, follow us on TikTok as well. We have we have some TikToks. Like I said, we uh, I've been slacking on getting um, some videos up, but but it's still good, and we do need some followers. So come and support us there. Also, our our offer still stands up. Um, if you'd like to support this podcast, there is a support this podcast button um, down in this the show description um, we greatly appreciate any blah, blah, blah. any type of donations that you could do it could be 99 cents all the way up to 10 i believe um so if you're willing to do that we would buy your family some rude dude gear for christmas i'm gonna run a sale yeah yeah it'll be you know jingle bells or something like that and 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 support us and christmas shop at the same time that's right i mean come on now um but with that being said um i love you hen very much what a great episode dude that was fantastic That was awesome, man. I love you, too. And remember, be dope as fuck like Forrest. Straight up. And fuck what they think. (laughs) Later, dude. One of them see you with the music and me and Regal. One of them fuck beat them, boy.